Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's recap our position previews next on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Welcome into FBT in 5. As always, make sure to follow and stream us on Spotify. Today is Tuesday, March 1st. I am Frank Stanfield, joined by Scott White, and let's do it rapid-fire style. A quick thought on strategy and your favorite player to target at each position, starting with catcher. Go! Salvador Perez is my favorite player to target. Anytime he's available in round four, I'm going to take it. I might even consider taking him in round three. If I don't get him, probably just taking the best of whatever's there toward the end. Mitch Garver's upside I like the most. All right, let's move on over to first base, a seemingly plentiful position. What do you think, Scott? So Vladimir Guerrero's my number two player in both head-to-head points and roto. Uh, so I'm going to end up with a lot of him just by virtue of that. I would also take Freddie Freeman at the round one-two turn. If it doesn't work out, I don't get either of those guys. Then I'm all about the profit pocket in the mid rounds one of Joey Votto, CJ Crone, Josh Bell, and Reese Hoskins. My favorite is probably Joey Votto. All right, let's move on over to second base, which also seems plentiful, but a lot of players with multi-position eligibility here, Scott. So I think you have to be cognizant of that throughout your draft. So this is probably the position where I have the least intentional strategy. Uh, I, I just find I don't need to. Jose Altuve, I like the bang for the buck there, but I also like the bang for the buck for like Brandon Lau and Cattell Marte. Very unlikely to draft Ozzie Albies or Marcus Simeon in round two slash three. I, I just think those later options are are uh, come close enough to matching their production, if, if not exceeding it. All right, let's move on over to third base. Yuck, arguably the worst position in fantasy baseball this season. Are you going out of your way to make sure you get one of the early rounds, Scotty? So this is the position where I probably have the most intentional strategy, apart from the whole Salvador Perez thing, a catcher, right? I, I think there are, if if Salvador Perez is the singular biggest advantage you can get at any position, then the top five third basemen are the second biggest advantage you could get at any position. Jose Ramirez obviously is the first rounder. Rafael Devers and Manny Machado probably going to round two. I would take Machado in late in round two uh, in most formats. But I take a lot of Austin Riley and Nolan Arenado too, just because I don't want to be caught holding the bag at this position and having to cross my fingers for a bounce back season for like uh, Anthony Rendon or Matt Chapman. If it comes to it, that's what I'll do. But you don't want to be in that position where it's, you're just hoping because there's not much to fall back on if it doesn't work out. All right. Shortstop is loaded. They're 14 going inside of the top 90 picks in fantasy baseball this season. Scott, does that mean that you should pass on some of the early round guys because, you know, there's value later? Yeah, that's what I tend to do. I mean, I'm not overthinking it with the first rounders, Fernando Tatis, Trey Turner, Bo Bichette. Uh, you know, I, I just don't overthink it with, for first round hitters in general. They're just so good. But yeah, I'm probably not paying up for Xander Bogarts when you can get Carlos Correa so much later. Or even later than that, you got Willie Adamas, who showed after joining the Brewers that he might have similar offensive potential himself. There's also 
Bobby Witt, who's available later. There are just so many options here that uh, you don't have to try very hard to end up with a good one. And so I don't try very hard at shortstop. All right, what about outfield, Scott? Because we know you could play in a three outfielder league, a five outfielder league. How do those two differ? By quite a bit. I mean, three outfielder leagues, I'm, I'm very conscious in, about not filling the position too early, both because I don't want to prevent myself from drafting discounted options that are sure to be there later, and because, you know, if I wind up with a crappy outfield in a 12-team, three outfielder league where only 36 are started, I mean, there's going to be options emerging on the waiver wire all the time. You could totally piece together your outfield just from the waiver wire if it doesn't work out in the draft. Five outfielder leagues, obviously, you, you, you can't be quite that cocky about it. But I still tend not to put a lot of emphasis on it early. Obviously, if it's time to draft Juan Soto, Mike Trout in round one, I'll do it. But... um you know, if if Brian Reynolds ends up being my number one outfielder, I'm okay with that scenario as well. All right, Scotty, let's see if we can get through starting pitcher and relief pitcher in the next minute. Starting pitcher seems better than it has been in years past. How do you attack the the position? The middle class is back, and it's it's more of an upper middle class than like a true middle class. So I like to lean into that. I don't go for like the really expensive first, second round types. Probably not going to get any of my top five pitchers, but. Uh, you know, if I, if I get three of my top 30, which runs through Justin Verlander, and if I get seven of my top 55, which would include, you know, like the, the Ian Anderson, uh, Adam Wainwright's in that tier, Chris Bassett, guys like that, then I feel like I'm pretty good shape. And, and then I like to jump in late with the forgotten ace trio, former ace trio of Kyle Hendricks, Zach Greinke, and Carlos Carrasco, who for some reason have slid outside the top 250 coming off just one bad year. All right, lastly, we have relief pitchers, Scott. So what do you do in, let's say, a points league where closers don't matter as much versus a categories league where you need saves? Yeah, so I don't want to overpay for saves. I know a lot of people are because there are so few roles determined, but for a lot of teams, you can guess who the closer is going to be. I think it's going to be like Scott Barlow for the Royals. Um, it's going to be Dylan Floro for the Marlins. I like to load up on those guys who I'm pretty confident. I'd, I'd rather get three closers that I'm pretty confident in than pay a really heavy price for two that, you know, are, are more certain to have the job. And then in points leagues, I, you know, there are only 24. In a 12-team points league, there are only 24 reliever spots to fill. I, I think you can basically wait till the end of the draft unless you're wanting to pay up for a starting pitcher-eligible relief pitcher. All right, for more extensive fantasy baseball coverage, listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your smart speakers, or anywhere else podcasts are found. And thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. We'll be back again tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.